What's up? And welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden. And joining me today is a very, very, very happy member of the Pro Nerd fam. He is a... a, 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 a <laughs> man, I'm so excited. I cannot talk because we just reacted to the PlayStation showcase it was amazing but joining me is a member of the pro nerd fam he's also a, a host of the x button podcast he is you can find his written works at season gaming you already know who it is it's alejandro segovia <laughs> alejandro how you doing today hello everyone i'm glad to be back i'm glad we, i did our my first official react with you on the pro nerd slash single player experience channel so now we get to like dive deep into what we just saw and yeah. i got some thoughts <laughs> so. man all the excitement here you saw i was tongue-tied at the beginning of the episode and that's because we got some information on spider-man spider-man and i'm so excited to talk about that but but, but before we get into the main event of the show alejandro what did you think about the places showcase that we just saw I would say it was a decent showcase, considering like uh, all the things that were shown in it. Is like it had a nice variety of titles that proves that Sony is committed into trying to have all all different kinds of games, especially when the narrative has been that they're just about the blockbusters only. They're just about uh, like the big games, and in a way they might be, but at least they made some time to re to put in some of the little things. My thing is that we we waited literally, I'm not kidding, we counted this over at Season Gaming, 620 days for this showcase since the last one we got on September 9th, 2021. And even though that one was a really, uh, that was a decent one that ended up really great because that's when we got Wolverine, Spider-Man, and the first look at God of War. Uh, this long wait had many of us expecting, they made us wait because they're getting ready to shotgun blast like what the next two or three years of PlayStation are going to be, because that's literally what they did in 2020. And from that perspective, I would say what they showed of Spider-Man looks pretty incredible. Everything else, though, was, like, not what I wanted out of, like, out of a showcase that I waited so long for. So it was both good and disappointing, ironically. I, it's like, it's, it's like, a, it's like both things, both statements can be true. So... Yeah. I, I think um, this is a showcase that leaned very heavily on the third party, and a lot of people mm -hmm. were expecting more. Show us more of the Sony first parties. Show us more of the PlayStation first parties. And I think, like, if we were grading it on the first party presentation and what we saw from there, it would definitely be an F grade outside. Yeah. Of oh, yes. Probably like D minus. Just because it was like, because uh, when I was like, we're going to go through the list, like, a few first party titles were actually shown, especially from studios that they purchased. Mm -hmm. But. That's the thing. If you want me to get excited about new stuff, CG, just CG is not gonna make the it's not gonna make the cut. Or even what others were, they were just showing like some icons, and that was it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah, but uh, but yeah, overall, it's like I would definitely say it's definitely the weakest showcase they've done in the PS5 era. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I had even more excitement out of like some state of plays we got like even last year when we didn't get any showcase because obviously the expectations were different and they exceeded expectations like expectations for many playstation fans were high for this one and uh now it feels like yeah they're still holding on the gu they're still kind of holding the guns for uh, before they paint the canvas for whatever is going to be coming out afterwards and in a way like because they have spider-man this year no spider-man is going to be so big for them like the first one was just so big already yeah. for the ps4 it felt like they decided to just uh save the bullets a little bit but I don't feel people would feel like this if they had were talked to last year. It's just the fact that we got a delayed showcase 
and not even knowing if we're going to get a showcase again next year because Sony is so erratic now. So that's why like there's there's that conflicting feeling about what we're about what we saw. But I can't wait to like dive in more. To yeah, that. for sure, for sure. I'm um on the I'm on the opposite scale. I think I'm a little higher on the showcase, and I think mm-hmm. the reason being is because of, like i i this sort of gives me deja vu from the the ps4 era where we got to see you know sony's i i guess you could say their third party relationships and their relying the reliance mm-hmm. on indies and then they had like yeah. a couple of banger um a couple of banger mainstays in the first party to really tie us over with that but like the third party lineup looks really impressive yeah I, and that's why this is a good showcase because they had a solid lineup of what we showed here very a uh, couple variety here and there like different looking games like for when, for when it comes to like variety like i can't fault it like no. at all no when it comes I, to like expectation and like the big like bomb that's where i fault it <laughs> yeah so. like, the crazy thing is is like and we'll talk we'll dive into each announcement individually in a little bit but like mm-hmm. The, you know, like, I do think maybe if it was structured a little bit differently, like, mm-hmm. had, like, maybe one of the the remakes um, remakes in Spider-Man been, like, sandwiched side by side, maybe mm-hmm. people would have said, like, oh, like, the end would have had that punch that people were kind of missing, you know? Yeah, especially because it felt like they were structuring kind of like the 2021 one happened, because it, the 2021 started with the Kota remake, which didn't show up here at all, and yeah. we know that that thing is pretty much DOA at this point based on some comments by the Embracer Group CEO that he actually said earlier today. Uh, so it started with that. He also gave a Stellar Blade, then went on a whole tangent for the... They, they had Forspoken, they had like a bunch of third-party games, and that's where they included Alan Wake and Guardians of the Galaxy, GTA V and all of that. And then near the end, that's when we got like the Uncharted 4 is coming to PS5. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Gran Turismo 7, Spider-Man, and God of War Ragnarok. It was like mm-hmm. the punch, 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 that it elevated that showcase when everyone was like, okay, it's been like, yeah, we're seeing the third parties, but they saved all the guns for the end. When we saw the PlayStation logo here, here we were like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. it's finally, it's like, finally, they time time to get the bombs. And then we got, once uh, first one, we were like, okay, I don't think that was the right way to show that. And then we got Jim Ryan being like, uh, yeah, uh, we want to thank you so much for coming to your showcase. I want to give a little interview to talk about this new hardware. And then we got a final game. I was like, wait, what? I was like, that's it? So if they were going to like say that, they should have just saved all the PlayStation Studio stuff near the end at the very least. Because yeah. they spread it out more, but because it wasn't tangible, it feels like it was less substantive than what we wanted. Especially because majority of those were not the kinds of games we expect out of Sony, which was one of our big trepidations coming into this. But yeah. can't wait to like dive into that. <laughs> so and I, I got the... To- I want to touch yeah. on that. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. I want to touch on that because, like, mm-hmm. we are talking about like the Sony's big pivot. They've they've been almost just like Microsoft, where they've been acquiring studios lately. Mm-hmm. But it seems like their pivot is more towards games as a service and more multiplayer, multiplayer. models. Mm-hmm models here and we sort of got to see a little bit of the intro into that new style and era with this showcase mm-hmm. while those single player gamers like me are a little bit like on the fence and almost scared to death of, of yeah. this new kind of development yeah. how did you feel about this yeah me i will always remain open-minded until i actually see the game in a way uh because you never know like at some point a live service game just dies and or runs out of steams and one can like overtake and become an obsession uh so it's like to me they still haven't completely sold me on the pitch yet because yeah. they didn't show them really it this is like the te- the barest of teases <laughs> so, for sure for so sure. it's it's hard it's hard to like really judge the live service focus yet when we actually now see like at the game the gameplay being shown 
maybe in future play in, in future state of plays and all that that's when i can be a little bit more like i could have a more more fully thought opinions of the of the road they're taking as of right now they look well, just based on the trailers like that looks kind of like what i expected those things were gonna be mm -hmm. and it's sad that we just didn't get more uh, of the other games that we love especially since so many things were ended up being no shows that we would have expected they were going to show up here based on some things being said yesterday at the sony uh, at the so at, at the sony investors call so yeah uh, yeah so um you know like we're about to go through announcement mm -hmm. for announcement some tit for tat things but i just want to ask you well besides spider-man was there any one particular announcement that really stood out to you during the show okay. if you if you watch the reacts that we recorded which you will mm -hmm. post it sometime soon i popped for one thing and that's because that just talks about my nostalgia and that was metal gear solid 3. yeah yeah because it was like finally seeing the that's a very celebrated entry in the Metal Gear series. The Metal Gear franchise has been dormant since Metal Gear Solid V Phantom Pain in 2015. It sort of came back with Metal Gear Survive, which was a catastrophe. And the first Metal Gear not done with Kojima. This is the first time like Konami, now that they've slowly come back into wanting to make games. They uh, Apparently they had this remake in the works for a while. And well, that's cool. I think the, the most exciting thing is that just the confirmation that the original games as they were, uh, they're actually finally going to show up. On modern hardware because that's just another checking up the checking up the box of games that i'm keeping my ps3 connected for and they mentioned it was a volume one so i know that there's other the, the other games will show up anytime soon afterwards so for sure. uh, so that so that was like my biggest excitement because it was like so cool to see it back so you know but other than that i would have to look at the list to remember if i remember <laughs> because it again it was it was a lot but it was just a lot of a lot of candy yeah, you, no, you no, wanted no, yeah, a little no. bit more meals. Too, yeah, huh? I, I wanted the sizzle. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more sizzle. So. I so, understand. Yeah. I understand. So, you know, I know you're a busy man. So let's get to these announcements, uh, yeah. shall we? So, I, yeah, I got the list. Yeah, I got I got them. Thanks to you. You can follow Warrior64. He is taking on the job that Nibelian used to do back on Twitter, where he was, like, compiling all the announcements. Uh, uh, thank you, Warrior64, for that. So the showcase started, and we got... Uh, we got the first look at Haven's new game, Haven, the studio that Sony acquired last year, which is uh, by developer Jade Raymond, who used to work at Ubisoft, creating the Assassin's Creed franchise and the Watch Dogs franchise. Uh, she went to work to Google, and then when Google shot her Stadia, she left and founded a studio that Sony helped fund, and then they were like, nah, we're swallowing you whole. It's like, we like what you're doing. And the game that they showed is like, it is going to be one of the first party live service games that they're, uh, that they're doing called fair games with a dollar sign at the end so already you're trying to be hip so you're already losing points for me in, in, in that mm -hmm. one so and uh, what do you think of this just this was just a cg trailer so the thing how it looked it was like saints row meets what meets watchdogs meets gta heist slash uh fortnite colors it just felt like all of that <laughs> so. it does it uh, it does it almost reminds me of like um saints row in a in a sense like the way it kind of the way it kind of vibed but uh, you know like i think when i'm looking at it and it, it kind of reminds me of saints row meets payday and yeah and that's mm -hmm. that's the kind of vibe i got from it and, and while that kind of premise is kind of missing because we haven't had a payday in a long time in saints row it would just fell flat on its face like i don't necessarily know if playstation gamers are clamoring for that type of game but mm -hmm. yeah I, the market know, may mean. seem, but that's the thing. But that's that's the thing. Like with the irony, we've been, been chatting about this in our in, in our private DMs. That it feels like the live service bubble has popped, or it's like people like cringe at the idea. It's like this this feels like chasing a trend that 
already passed. And we will see how the way that these games come out, how they're bought and received and how, what the reception are, if it confirms what we've been seeing and noticing with like all the shutdowns that we've been seeing with live service. So I don't think I don't think fair games is the kind of game that people that bought a PS5 want personally. No, that, sure. that's, that, that's how that's kind of how I feel. For sure. So, What's the next one? The next one was uh, Helldivers 2 by Arrowhead. So Helldivers was uh, one of the popular indie games that came out like in the 2014-2015 era uh, of PlayStation. This was like a top-down uh, looter shooter in a way that had like some Diablo looks, but it was like sci-fi. Uh, so it's been a long time coming getting a sequel for this one. And the big difference is that they have like... How can I say this? It's, like They basically added more production value to what Helldivers used to be. Helldivers 2 now is like a over-the-shoulder third-person action uh, action shooter that looks like many things I've seen before. <laughs> so, also, but, uh, but it's like, it's a step up considering how the old game looked. It's yeah. just, again, just, and they're trying to make it more of a multiplayer. I mean, it's actually coming out this year, the 2023, and the original one was just on PlayStation, so there's some heritage there, so that's like one of the two, one of the few exclusives that they have coming this year. I don't know if it's going to be big personally but as someone that enjoyed the original hell divers because it was like, ridiculous it was like this <laughs> alien hunting and all that it was like super difficult like seeing it in that perspective is just interesting it's just less unique <laughs> yeah so. i i'm right there with you like i i'm looking at some of the gameplay right now while we're talking and while i like the premise i don't necessarily know if this is exactly what i want from the state phase two of the ps5 like mm -hmm. year three and I don't necessarily know if this is going to find a real big audience, but I'm hoping that this comes out and knocks people's socks off. Like I would, you know, I'm not, a, again, this is a single player experience podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest like multiplayer kind of gamer either, but like, I hope that this is something that kind of takes a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. So, and the first one was surprising in, in that way. So maybe that, this one looking more like high, high quality in a way. Maybe could give everyone that got a taste of the first Helldivers the same taste, just like it looking like a more bigger budget video game. So you know what this kind of reminds me of? You remember Outriders came and kind of went, it, yeah. But mm -hmm. it had a good moment there, like a good three to six week window to where like it was a hot thing in the video game industry. The mm -hmm. Helldivers feels like it can be that little like three to six week hot thing and you know like maybe that's the success story for that type of game mm -hmm, yeah and the thing is that what made our writers quote-unquote successful was the fact that it launched in a service like game pass mm -hmm. uh, because there was like not much hype going into it and game pass kind of like created word of mouth that helped help the game succeed in the places where there, it was not in a subscription service and to me personally that's like uh, the beauty of, of outriders was that it wasn't a live service game that was just a looter shooter and that worked to its benefit because it was a game that felt complete. It was a little broken in spots because <laughs> looters always do that. But it was still a fun game that when I finished, it was easy to just put down because they made the point of being like, hey, we want to make one of these that you don't have to feel like it's a it's a full-time job. Maybe Helldivers will be that. But considering we're in the live service, let's throw live service shit into the wall to see what sticks. We'll see uh, We'll see if this is one of those that, that Sony's throwing to the wall. So, Yeah. The next game, uh, this is not a technically new game, but it was like a substantial gameplay look, uh, in at least in a big in a big stage. This was Immortals of Avium. This is like a a magic game that's on first person made by former Call of Duty developers. This is by the EA Originals, uh, the EA Originals team. So again, like EA, like being like the third party the, the third party publisher that I'm like applauding the fact that they're putting their name on such weird games, considering like 
the games you associate with EA, like Wild Hearts was from that label also, and now we got this. Uh, this was like something that looked fast, frenetic. You had like all the magic. You had a, you had like the cool looking visuals. It looked more high budget than you would expect even from an EA original. And it's coming out on July, uh, on July twentieth, if I remember. July twentieth, yes, yeah, I'm, if I remember I'm correctly. Right so, here. so yeah, yeah, another another summer game in a very in an already very packed summer. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is, is like when we looked at summer, like um, like a couple of weeks ago, I said summer was very indie heavy as opposed to like very triple a heavy and now it's uh and now it's like the indies are starting to become overshadowed again but like yeah <laughs> this I, is the first this is the first summer i would argue that i, I feel like indies got no chance this that, time like there is no chance for them i mean like just with jedi survivor kicking off the summer now Zelda over uh, overtaking overtaking the internet currently especially over there on tiktok then just in a week we're gonna get both street fighter and diablo then uh then final fantasy 16 which was later in the show is like those are like oxygen sucking suckers right now that Really I are. feel like, yeah, I feel like Indies, you gotta go punt for next summer because I don't think there's gonna be a AAA summer like this ever again. This feels weird for a May. <laughs> it does, it does. Yeah. But I mean, um, so like for the listeners who didn't get to see the showcase, like describing this game feels like, again, first person magic shooter. Like mm -hmm. it, it feels like the magic you see in like Skyrim and Oblivion, you know, mm -hmm. like that style of magic. But imagine like with the swiftness of like a Call of Duty and like that mm -hmm. kind of element kind of fuses together. It looks like it has a really cool story as well. Tons of special abilities. It says it has boss fights. So I, you know, this right now is probably one of the games I'm highly looking forward to out of this show. Yeah, I, I would say like I was interesting. It was like uh, you, you, you picked my interest, but now you got my attention. This mm -hmm. was like what that what the showcase is, especially now that we know the date. We knew it was going to be this year because EA was saying it's going to come out in this period. So that happened and then immediately we were followed up and this you immediately recognize it because of the silhouette mm -hmm. ghost runner 2 so yeah. they hit to like that that like fast moving indie high budget game that uh came out maybe a year or two ago that has like titanfall style mobility and it's like ninja and all that so they're doing a sequel for that and it's also coming out this year it's like it's more ghost runner i don't think we there's much to say about this one no, unless you no. want to yeah that, I, you know, I will say, like, you're right, it is more Ghost Runner, but I did see, like, for the people who really enjoyed the Ghost Runner, I did see, like, they added vehicle takedowns and such like that. You're also, like, riding a motorcycle down a skyscraper, so it, and it does kind of have, it, it looks like they added some more diverse, diversity to the takedowns that you're mm -hmm. able to execute throughout levels. So, I will say, it does look like an improved sequel. I don't necessarily know. No, Ghost bigger. Runner, yeah for sure the scope looks bigger it looks like they got a bigger budget as well so i i'm looking forward to seeing the reaction for this this is one i'm not necessarily yeah. like this in my mommy mommy that i'm super hyped yeah. for just just like the first one i received with ps plus i this feels like a game that unless i'm seeing like high praise for depending on when it comes out i'm easy to wait on like a sale or a or like a subscription offering like it feels like that kind of game so yeah then uh, i would say then we got into the first interesting looking game to me like new game Okay. This was a game by a, by a studio called S Game. This was Phantom Blade. That was like that Chinese samurai game that was like had like the grotesqueness of a Bloodborne style style from software game. But instead of being like a Souls game, it, it feels that it's closer to something like Ninja Gaiden. Like quicker, like it feels it's going to be difficult. It's going to require like quick reflexes and all of that. But it feels it's going to be more of a more of an action combat game that Ninja Gaiden used to be the king of. Yeah. Then it's like the visually looks stunning. I think it's from a Chinese studio. I didn't. I, I, we were saying we were gonna see, I'm, look I'm what looking. S game, what S game is. Yeah. So, but uh, 
but yeah, it's like the character models were like interesting, like the visual style, like very high quality as you would expect from like a high budget game coming to current gen. And uh, the in the, just the level of action was like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, this was just coming to PS5, so we know that it was not going to be coming out this year. Yeah, so. it, it has no chance of coming out this year, but like it, it's an interesting game. Um, you know, I'm reading right now. They said like I'm reading right now and this is coming from IGN.com like they said new creations from PlayStation Studios as well as like as well as the spellbinding games for third party studios. This one being hmm. a third party, which is, it must be the spellbinding ones that they were yeah. referring to. Yeah, this is what it looks like from Spellbonding ones. It's a new RPG, but they emphasize that this will be a Souls-like game as well. Great. Yeah, so... It didn't It didn't look like that. I will, I will say this. It didn't look like the kind of uh, like methodical uh, Souls-like that you would expect, mm -hmm. personally. So it had that going for it because it's easy for, for you to see something and be like, oh, yeah, another Souls-like. Because it's very easy to identify the the pace and, uh, and and rhythm of a Souls game. This definitely looked to me more like Ninja Gaiden. So if they're actually doing Ninja Gaiden style and still like sticking it like in a Souls-like, like an even faster Neo, because Neo was like that mix because it was Team Ninja, but it was still very Souls-like that you needed to be very methodical about it. Uh, so it could be cool. We don't know when it's coming out. So maybe this is one of those kind of like uh, far off. Uh, James P Radar yeah. says right now um, projected for 2024. I'm not, you know, like... I wouldn't they, be surprised. Yeah. They said story is still developing, though. So, I'm like, they said right now projected for 2024. I'm curious, though, like, this and um, Rise of the Ronin, both two mm -hmm. Souls-like games you know, that we saw from PlayStation, uh, mm -hmm. both in 2024. Yeah. That's what I meant. That, that's kind of like I was telling you that would be interesting that it was like, wow, they're putting their weight on in another one of these games mm -hmm. because not only Rise of the Ronin, what the hell is Ghost of Tsushima 2? Yeah, and that's a, and that's a first party game. So it's like, um, are they gonna days gone this? Like you know, like you know, kind of like how having like two similar style of games there was. I would have thought that they had learned their lesson, but but yeah, but but from what I understand, what happened with Days Gone was that they greenlit Days Gone because they were expecting that game to come out much quicker than it did, mm -hmm. and the fact that it came out so close to Last of Us it made it so feel so redundant. Even though it was pretty decent, even though it was the buggiest PS launch. Like for my PlayStation first party, yeah. first party launching like ever, considering yeah. like the quality that they pursue. But yeah, Phantom Blade, it looked cool. That was from original ideas. They look look cool. Let me ask you this, like, um, because we're, I, I think we're starting to reach an oversaturation point with the the samurai mm -hmm. and the yeah. ninjas, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Like we we are possibly reaching a point to where like we might get Assassin's Creed. Was it Tokyo? The, or the, like the Ronin, the Ronin yeah. game. Uh, Assassin's Creed Red is what it was. Assassin's Creed Red, which is um, very much like that looks like the RPG style. We got Ghost of Tsushima 2, Rise of the Ronin, and we got Phantom Blade all coming for all coming to PlayStation within mm -hmm. like the same almost two year window. Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's like, uh, again, it's like if it's this is the Armageddon deep, deep impact thing mm -hmm. that it feels like everyone just decided to have the same idea. And uh, to be fair to a game like Ghost of Tsushima, that is more of a Ubisoft style game, like a more Ubisoft open world style game. So it's like more chill. Obviously, you can like crank up the difficulty to like high level for it to be like so brutally 
uh, unforgiven if you wanted to, but it's not a Souls-like. Uh, the PS5 version added a lock-on button that make it feel like one if you wanted to, but uh, that feels more uh, that feels like a more quicker action game. And Rise of the Ronin was definitely also more open world because you had floating around all that. It didn't look too much like a Souls-like. So mm -hmm. I guess it, right now, especially in this oversaturation point, they will have to make their case. What makes it interesting? I would say, at least with Phantom Blade, compared to Rise of the Ronin and Ghost of Tsushima, it has that grotesqueness in its looks that that at, that at the very least that gives it its differentiator and like i mentioned that gameplay didn't look like a souls like to me so that is a good point for them so the next game is probably one of the most beautiful games that they showed in this in the showcase by giant squid the guys that made apsu sword of the sea so if you know the artists that made games like journey and apsu and you look at this game, you know it comes straight from those games. And I tell you, that Journey is still probably one of my favorite indie games of all time. In fact, it's probably the one that, the, the one back in 2012 that turned me on on the idea that you could have like a really high quality, smaller budget game that can leave an impact. So much of this game looks like Journey. The sunsets, the, 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 uh, the what you call it, the, the sand moving around. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even the more the, the, the yeah. water effects like the biodiversity there's something that it feels like absolute journey got a baby that's kind of got kind of how it feels like and uh that's also just coming to ps5 so that may be again a 2024 2025 game but again like the thing that i, I was in what makes this showcase good i'm glad that sony is still like in the jim ryan era the i want summer blockbuster like big game budget game era they're still finding the time to show games like this yeah. this is the game that i would expect in the ps3 ps4 in the first sony so yeah i you know like i'm right there with you i'm i was happy to see the indie representation um for in this showcase but i'm looking at a game like giant school the giant squid made with sword of the sea and mm. can you imagine if this hits the industry like journey hit like if this yeah. actually lives up to that legacy that could be a game of the year contender for it could year. it could is that people forget that journey really had it really was like a slap that year in particular with the walking dead mm -hmm. unfinished swan and journey that trifecta of indie of like smaller game compared to the triple a's being like a at the top of game of the year contender list was like a big proof in the pudding that yeah it's like don't expect like game of the year quality to just come from like the high budget and uh i, I definitely want to see more what makes this more unique because definitely like when apsu uh came uh, came out in like in 2016 the problem with apsu was that it definitely was trying to do the journey at the sea but it didn't hit as much because it felt like oh you're you're, you're just trying to do that kind of game so maybe they would have to have something even more unique other than how beautiful it looks I'm looking at the screenshots of the Warrior 64 thread that we're looking at. I tell you, yeah. I'm gonna download those and make those my wallpaper. So, some of those They're my wallpaper beautiful. for for my laptop. It's like it looks. They look so cool. Here's so. Um, something that really impressed me about like um, Sword of the Sea was like some of the gameplay elements. It looked like they took some of the lessons from Pathless um, mm -hmm. as far as like the movie. They make that game, and the Pathless yeah. was I forgot they made that game, and also that Pathless had this kind of art style. Yeah, and um, I was gonna say it's like the the skateboarding effect, the way you can skate with your sword, yeah. just looks amazing. Like they made move. It feels like movement is a stronger emphasis than it was with the Journey era yeah. and the Abzu era. Yeah, and Pathless was a beautiful game to move around on, and yeah. uh, and, and again one of those games that looked at what Breath of the Wild did and adopted a few of the elements in the mm -hmm. grand, the, the grandeur, like the way that you interact with the world and kind of like that, that solemn, beautiful world. That, yeah. that that you just kind of like live in is like 
now this feels like going back to the journey days. And imagine going back to the journey days with even more faster gameplay. That would be cool. They're definitely one of my favorite things that I saw from from the showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Talos Principle 2 was also announced. Uh, this is, an, again, just another CG thing that I was like, that's some cool architecture. I never played the first Talos Principle. So this one did nothing for me other than looking cool. Uh, I have heard interesting things about the Talos Principle. I think you did too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming out this year. So. Yeah, I um, I, one of the things I I liked about it, the the fact that it did look cool, um, it, the fact that it's being made by Devolver Digital, um, mm-hmm. and Devolver Digital doesn't miss with usually the the yeah. games they usually put their faith behind. So. Y- you are the indie guy more than I am, so I feel that you, you're you're more like entrenched to the Devolver side of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. they they don't usually miss. Um, mm-hmm. so when they usually put their stamp on something, it's almost like a stamp of accreditation there, mm-hmm. and that that makes me feel good about this game. I I will say like um this feels like an era to where puzzle games are starting to make a comeback you yeah. know like yeah, oh, yeah. It, and this one looks like a really interesting puzzle game yeah. i i'm not about that <laughs> puzzles are like the, as far as i can go is something like uh, tears of the kingdom currently and the thing with that is that the systems they allow you to circumvent the puzzles because of the weird like physics mechanics they get so i'm more about tra- trying to break the puzzle instead of trying to figure out a puzzle so let me ask you so. one question before we move on um uh-huh. this looks like it was a, a like a unreal engine 5 game like yeah this mm-hmm. really looked beautiful like what did you think about the engine here no and that's the thing like it's that's why it surprised me that it was the talus principle because i would have to go back to see what the original one looked but I'm feeling like the promise we got of Unreal Engine 5 back in 2020, we're slowly uh, we're slowly seeing it fulfilled. Here's the ironic thing. If you haven't played this from Jedi Survivor, Jedi Survivor was uh, an Unreal Engine 4 game. There is a section in the middle of that game that I, I call the greatest action sequence of the year that feels like an Unreal Engine 5 showcase, even though it was Unreal Engine 4. You'll know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. So, And I saw so much architecture. I was like, huh, it's like... This reminds me a lot of something that I saw in Jedi Survivor. You'll see it when you get there, when you see the High Republic uh, stuff from that game. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah, amazing. it's like, yeah, I want to see, I, I, I can't wait to see what the gameplay is for Talos Principle. At least we know that is this year. No specific date, though. No. Uh, so for people that love Gris, uh, they showed a new game that it was like uh, this very artful game with like this chick with a big wolf and a tiny dog. That then something like dark happened and then the dog started crying and all of that. And then like it woke up and then it was just called Neva coming out. And this is one of the few that wasn't just coming to PS5. They put an actual 2024 date. I don't know what that, I don't know what that game is, but that's a, that's a Devolver digital game also. Yeah, they're, so. they're doing really good things um, as a, you know, like I, that's their, their internal studios and both as a publisher as well, like doing really good things over there. If they put their stamp on this, like I know this will at least be a seven out of 10 minimum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At the, at, at the very minimum. And I can't yeah. wait to see how they offer it. This seems like prime candidate for the Tichia, Tichia Stray uh, PS Extra game. I was just about to mention that this yeah. feels like one of those games to where I would throw it on that. You know what I was form. thinking? Maybe that's why they now have indies again. Yeah. Because now, uh, because why Xbox, has, why a lot of indies have been like leaning over on Xbox mm-hmm. is because they know that just for being on Game Pass, that can, the Who's bag saying? that, yeah, the, the bag that they can get just by putting the game on Game Pass could like circumvent having to like sell a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe now that PS Extra allows that, maybe that's why indies were like, you know what? You also have a system that allows that. We're gonna let's talk. Let's chat. 
from the indie how, yeah. studios that I've been talking to lately behind the scenes, it feels like a lot of those like are mm -hmm. looking forward to that new era because Apple is also starting to throw in their way to around yeah. and Netflix as well. Like yeah, Apple Arcade was the big thing. Like mm -hmm. having that, that that subscription for they can be put in those games. Like they need that because it feels like gamers are becoming more fickle in what they spend their money on. Obviously, because now they know that a service like this exists. Yeah. So technically, I've been like that. I've been like. I try the indies when they're giving to me in the services. <laughs> that's when I play them. So it's like, that's a weird psychology. <laughs> so even though some of them could be like so cheap to buy, like uh, like I recently bought the Dead Souls DLC for Castlevania. That was just 10 bucks. So really good. Really, really good. amazing. That's one of my favorite things from this year. So um, then moving on from Neva, uh, we got Cat Quest, Pirates of the Peruvian. I'll say this, this look cute. Mm -hmm. it, it looked like a cute adventure game where you're island hopping and there's a little bit of action and all that that is coming out uh, here in 2024. I think there's more, no, not much to say other than just another cute little indie that they're getting. And I again, will, yeah. I will say, like, uh, like, this has a very board game kind of feel to it. it like, mm -hmm. the fact that you also, like, this has, like, two different art styles. You can play mm -hmm. almost, like, and a Paper Mario kind of style to where you can kind of go down into like the the actual level level mm -hmm. that that's kind of like there. And then you can also explore the 3D world that's there. It has a really cool contrast there. I do like that PlayStation is showcasing something different. Like this is mm -hmm. different than any game they've showcased in the PS5 era. And I I like the I like the look of this. I think this is also a really good candidate for a PlayStation extra game. Yeah. Again, and I hope they keep doing that because that way it will help circumvent the idea that PlayStation has become like a hostile place for indies because here's the thing that PlayStation hasn't been able to solve when they like literally open the door for everything. Trying to find a game in the PlayStation Store, this was a problem in PS4, it's an even bigger nightmare on PS5. So I know if you have talked to some to some indies that they were developers in some of the podcasts that I've heard, they have mentioned that because of the lack of curation and discoverability over on the ps store they don't feel their games sold well that's why it felt like sony was like neglecting that so maybe by having something that they actually curate with the extra and and premium service that's how these games could find an audience in a in, in an ecosystem that was starting to lean a little too much into the high-end blockbuster so yeah. cat cat quest uh coming 2024 then square enix showed up showing a game that I was not expecting them to show up with. I call it the Splatoon, but with foam, called Foam Starts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as soon as we saw it, it was like, this looks like a hero shooter. This looks like a... And then it was like, oh, it actually looks like a Fortnite. And then when I look more of it, of it it's like, this kind of gives me Knockout City vibes also. Yeah. So and, it's like... And, and during that stream, I was like, this is Splatoon, man. This yeah. is very much Splatoon. <laughs> It's yeah. almost like they they were through like someone's playing Splatoon in a car wash and they were uh -huh. like, I'm gonna make that game, yeah. you know. <laughs> but that that instead of paint is just gonna be foam. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's like it feels like arts in, in in the art style. It feels like Fortnite, but at least just with the foam thing, it's like I bet this will be cool in like for like a day when you try it. I don't think this is gonna last person to me personally, but I'm glad that they're having fun with the idea. I yeah. mean. I mean, just a shooter where you shoot foam. It's like, who didn't have thought that? It's like, that's kind of clever. This is just not for me. If if this game is good, I think it'll have legs. If they do, um, what was the car game that was like Twisted Metal? Destruction All-Stars. Destruction right? All-Stars, yeah. Yeah, if they do the Destruction All-Stars model to where they put this day and day on PlayStation Extra, like, or, yeah. or, or, or for Plus. free. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. on PlayStation Plus for free. Like, yeah. I think this could have legs. Yeah, or even better, just do it for your play. That's yeah. kind of like what killed Knockout City, because not Knockout City had great word of mouth. It was surprisingly good for a game that is that you're playing dodgeball, basically. And uh, unfortunately, that game came out like as a paid product, and then they pivoted to free-to-play a little too late. I hope they launch it free-to-play, because this is how you get people to try it, especially since Splatoon is a paid game. So mm -hmm. that would be a way for you to like uh, try th this kind of game. So Then another indie game that we got to see there was The Plucky Squire. Uh, that's the one that was like a storyboard that you got out of like the storyboard was like oh, a platformer really and all yeah. that. Uh, we saw that first at a at a Nintendo Direct, and now we know that it's coming out this year outside of just uh, Nintendo. It looks really cute, and again another Devolver game. This yeah. was the Devolver block. <laughs> it so, was, it was. Yeah. This one has some Mario kind of vibes too, like mm -hmm. the platforming elements there. Yeah. And like I like that. Like yeah, man. If I get the Plucky Square and the Disney Illumination thing, you know that Disney mm -hmm. game that looks like uh, Rayman. Yeah, it's like again in a year that's giving us a lot of survival horror fighting games like the nostalgia bait <laughs> like and long long-term franchises uh, having like great new entries like getting more platformers that are not mario you in know here we got a mario movie shockingly <laughs> you know like well we're gonna bring this up with the, the um with another game coming up but like mm -hmm. the, what this kind of like showcase illustrated to me is like Nintendo is le uh, like they are leaning heavily with third parties that feel like Nintendo games. If you're mm -hmm. looking at like Foam Stars, feels like Splatoon, yeah. like almost to a T. You look at the Plucky Spire, this kind of has like Paper Mario, um, like Paper Mario meets like 3D Mario kind of elements to it. And then mm -hmm. if you look at like there's a game um, that we talked about earlier that has or later um, Towers of in Symbia, the one we'll talk about mm -hmm. in a minute, it has yeah. like very Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom kind of elements to it. Mm -hmm. Like they are taking elements from Nintendo's first party lineups with yeah. these third party Because games. they saw the dollar signs. It's like there's there's something that is appealing to like a wide audience playing that kind of game. And you can have something that's just not that looks like a carbon copy, but it's taking the ideas while still putting your own stamp. I think that's, that, that's a good way to like uh, catch the synergy of uh, of the wave of the moment yeah so uh then after plucky squire with that one day we got to see teardown that game that was like a minecraft style game uh lego like it was like lego slash minecraft where you're like tearing down like things or constructing things i'll say it's funny that they're doing this when they already have minecraft already <laughs> in, their, in, in already in there but that's the thing is like i believe in the market to have a competitor so it's like i know this is on pc so it coming to ps5 is like cool again not for me but again, not everything from this showcase needs to be for me. That's yeah. how I, that's usually how I see it. Yeah, it's so. um, it, you know, this teardown is like highly highly freeable in the way you can like play it. So you have like these. It's a sandbox game. It's a puzzle game. It's an action adventure game. Um, shout out to Tuxedo Labs. They actually killed it with this this one. You can kind of like do a whole it has a whole lot of different kind of objectives that you can tackle any way you kind of see fit just like you can with the shrines and tears of the kingdom to where like you can tackle it in so many different ways using the abilities you're kind of given here you can basically tear down or kind of construct different elements to try to get to your objective this currently has a 10 out of 10 rating on steam right now really yeah so, so it's so, so that's why people were saying that it was a big deal that mm -hmm. it's 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 made it to console because teardown was a like it's big over there, and it's more for more audiences to see what, what all the fuss is about for people are in the Steam ecosystem. Yeah. So, next after that, this was the big one for me. Uh, I didn't know what I was looking at at first because it was like, 
uh, very highly detailed were like following ants and then the ants like were getting close to like a frog and then the frog got like picked by a but by a parrot and then it was like <laughs> that parrot got close to like an alligator and then the snake was like we're like what even is this we're like is this arc and all that but then when i saw the silhouette i was like holy crap that snake and i was like oh crap they're doing it this is the metal gear solid 3 remake that i've been hearing for over the last two years and uh, not, not calling it Metal Gear Solid 3, there's like, is Metal Gear Solid, there's a triangle and just called Snake Eater, and it's coming to PS5. When? They didn't date. But no. but it's like, they're modernizing, like, one of the, there's always debate on whether the best Metal Gear is Metal Gear 2 or Metal Gear 3. I would say Metal Gear 3 has the best story of the two, just from a narrative perspective. Metal Gear Solid 2 is the one that's aged the best, based on some of the things that happened in that story. And... Here's the beauty of this. You don't have to just wait for this remake. If you want to play like what the games were now, like they announced the Master Collection Volume 1 that includes the original Metal Gear Solid from PS1, the 1998 one, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty that came out in 2001, and then Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. So you're going to be able to have both versions. Kind of how uh, Resident Evil 4, you can mm -hmm. play the remake or play the original like the original GameCube version that got a PS4 version. So it's like, if you want to be a purist, the pure version exists with like the old controls and all that, or you can wait for the RE style, like modernized remake. No gameplay for the remake. So I will say that that's, that's one of the few that I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's like, I would have loved to have seen it in action, but this was the confirmation. And again, this is because it's a long-term franchise. It's easier to pop for this kind of CG trailers compared to like new ideas, because at least you have an idea of what these games used to be. So. Yeah, I, I've only played one Metal Gear, uh, like one Metal Gear game, and that was I think Phantom Pain. Phantom Pain, yeah, yeah. For the, sure. the only modern one that you can play in PS4 and Xbox One. Loved and, it though. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I think it's a modern day classic. I just wish you know, like it was a finished product. But like, yeah, yeah, it, that, that's always gonna be that. That's the albatross that's always gonna hold back uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, just knowing that that game is unfinished. But mm -hmm. it's just a masterclass in gameplay. Really and uh, yeah, and but the thing is that Metal Gear is one of those like their stories are. But you that you like narratives, they probably like putting down your controller and having a game tell you a story. I tell you, play the other ones. I will say that if you were to play the Master Collection, let's say, uh, you may run into a Metro Prime syndrome that just from <laughs> understanding you coming as a newbie into like an older style of game, you may run into kind of like those issues because they're like very weird. They're very weird games to control. But it's like Metal Gear Solid is such a beloved franchise for me. And I'm just glad that now Konami's like, they're putting these in modern hardware. In fact, mm -hmm. PlayStation, like Metal Gear other than Metal Gear 5, like completely missed out on, on Metal Gear because at least over on Xbox, you had backwards compatibility. The HD collections came out on PS3 and 360. The 360 version is backwards compatible on Xbox. And these are PlayStation franchise. This was a PlayStation franchise, at least originally. That's where it was birthed. So there's legacy. Uh, there's PlayStation legacy with Metal Gear Solid. So it makes sense they reveal it here. I wish there was more, but I'm glad that collections actually coming this fall. I can't wait to play them on, probably with new trophies. And I want to see how they like modernize it in a way, because especially that Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear Solid is rough, but I love it. Who's um doing the remake right now? It's the studio. Uh, we, the, yeah, the the rumor is called is a studio called Virtuos, which. Okay. They did the Return to Arkham collection. Like, yeah, so that's the, that's why I wanted it. It's it's interesting that they didn't put a developer 
I no, think no. that was I think that was intentional, at least in the reveal. It was just Metal Gear Solid is Snake Eater. And then the collection, I don't know who's doing it. Uh they just they're just file save as ports, I can imagine. But it also says the studio handled the switch port of Dark Souls remastered. Which and is that a was a good yeah. yeah, and that's a really great port for the Switch. So mm -hmm. So yeah. Virtus is hit and miss. And, but this is them doing like an actual remake. Instead of just doing a remaster work. So, again, like, the proof will be in the pudding. I want to see it. But I'm just glad that Metal Gear feels right. Like, this is the start of, like, bringing it back to relevancy. Mm -hmm. So, so that, one last question I want to ask you about Metal Gear, um, especially about this one. Do you feel like this will have the gameplay from Phantom Pain, but with the story from Metal dude, Gear? Dude, dude. If they're able to put the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five on Snake Eater, which is the best, like, narrative of that series mm -hmm. like without too much like mumbo jumbo that game would be special would they be able to do it i want to i want to i want to i want to see if they can prove me if they can because the gameplay of the old ones i tell you is like they are dated and again yeah. i'm nostalgic so i can put my i can put my mind to how they control and the thing with metal gear solid 3 as a game in gameplay what people sometimes prefer too is that there's a little too much simulation aspects to it so it's like a stealth game where you can you, you have to go into menus to like cure yours. Like if you get wounded, you have to pause the game, go into a cure menu, and use like a syringe and use a bandage and use your knife to take a bullet and all that because it's like trying to make the thing feel realistic, but it's all done in a menu. So it, it just it was just adding a lot of like things uh, to add depth. Where so for some people it's like this is adding too much depth into the gameplay loop that was probably not needed. So. I want. I would like to see Snake Eater like maybe be more distilled. That was the beauty of Phantom Pain. There was you didn't have to deal with that crap. No. It's like it's uh. Or so maybe that, you, maybe you mix in elements of Capcom's like um, management system to where like you know mm -hmm. Capcom does like the different things you can carry on your person to where you yeah. kind of have to fit in no. within a certain. That is slot. a really great. That is a really great point because like item management is like so crucial in Resident Evil. That's always mm -hmm. been like part of the gameplay loop, and they and and they managed to keep that element while it's feeling modern. Yeah. When in the other in the other games they felt obtuse AF. So, I'm glad Metal Gear is back. That was like again that was the the the, the one time in our in in our uh, reaction that I was like yes mm -hmm. it's happening so. Then afterwards, we got to see that uh, Towers of Agasba game. That it was the one that had like the the, the kid glider. floating, the glider that felt like Breath of the Wild, and seeing Shadow of the Colossus style like bees going around. That felt like a caveman style like primitive game, but like also fantasy in a way. It was like a it was like a smorgasbord of things, but I thought it looked cool. I like, I like this. It has yeah. a city builder aspect to it. It also has like a almost monster hunter kind of vibe to it. It almost looks like you're like hunting for equipment and tools mm -hmm. and such like that and trying to build up your civilization i want to see more gameplay from this yeah. but it looks really good Love yeah the and style. and the beauty of the and, and the one thing i do like i did like about this game was that how they showed it to us was we saw the game in action mm -hmm. it wasn't just cg so at the very least we could wrap ourselves with the idea and be like oh yeah this is one of those games that i tell you is like everyone sees breath of the wild gonna see tears of the kingdom they're gonna like copy elements but not be straight up carbon copies this definitely feels like one of those 2024 games so we have to wait but at least it had the balls to show us the game <laughs> so and, and it looks like you know this might be a playstation 5 exclusive is what i'm reading right now i'm like look at it would like, make sense yeah look at all these exclusives that that we're seeing metal gear solid looks like a, a playstation exclusive yeah well. that, that was confirmed like by jess corden over at windows gaming central that apparently that's actually going to be multi-platform okay okay so, that's, that's so cool 
But again, it's like because you see it in this kind of showcase, that's a good way to like um, psychologically associate a game into a console, even if it's not. So yeah. it's like it's, it's the weird PR game of doing showcases like this. So uh, after Towers of Agas, but I would say we got into like a time waster. I would call it, even though I'm very excited for the game. Uh, we got to see another trailer for Final Fantasy 16. Looks I good. would I would consider this the launch trailer. That's a game that I'm already sold on. It's like basically if you were not sold on this game after seeing the 20 minute presentation they made like a month ago on State of Play, you're not gonna be more sold. So no. I was like, I was like, now looking back now that we know how the showcase went, this game being here, I'm like, maybe you could have put something else here. But eh, I mean, it's an exclusive for them. Like this is a legit like a big game that's gonna be they're gonna be selling consoles with this game. So yeah. I don't blame them. I personally just didn't want this here. It still yeah. looks great. It's gonna be. I'm reviewing it next month. So yeah, this is Street Fighter didn't need to be in the showcase. Yeah, exactly. Be honest. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So these were the two that I'm like. Now looking back, you're like, ah, you didn't need to be here, especially now that we know how where we were. So this was the halfway mark. Yeah. At this point, after we were seeing this, I was like, this is good so far, and my socks haven't been too blown off. But let's see what they keep going. And then immediately they showed us uh, Alan Wake Two, reconfirming it's... that that's a game that's coming out on October 17 this year. It looked great. It, it really looked great. Looked good. Yes, I, uh, I will say the catfishes in the beginning of that trailer made us think it was a John Wick game. They yeah, because they made, Alan Wake, yeah. They, they made Alan Wake look like like Baba Yaga. Baba so, Yaga. Yeah, so I was like, wait, is that? A, then I was like, okay. When I saw there was Remedy, I was like, yeah, Alan Wake too. And uh, this was originally announced in 2021, but it was like the barest of teases. At the very least, we got to see what the game is, and it has a date. So. October that's, 17th, and yeah. that's impressive. Perfect, um, perfect for Halloween. Yeah, and also, like, survival horror fans, y'all are absolutely eating over here. Like, <laughs> man, I'm talking yeah. about, like, us story narrative games over here starving like Marvin. And y'all I know. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, these have stories. The problem is that because yeah. it's horror, you can't, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're struggling with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Courage the Cowardly Dog, so I yeah. can't necessarily dive into that genre, but. God damn it, the coward, Courage the Cowardly Dog was one of my favorite cartoons. They were like, so it was good. always so funny. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> oh man, so. Then afterwards, we got a extended, actually like legit the first gameplay look at Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised Ubisoft let them have this here, considering they're actually doing a showcase uh, around Summer Game Fest. The one that they were going to do at E3 before they backed out on E3 and Summer Game Fest was like, you can do it with us. Uh, I was surprised that we got to see the first look. I would have expected them to save it there. Maybe they have other stuff they want to show. Maybe the Star Wars game that I kept hearing this week. I, so my theory is they just go light and maybe show like super some more like in-depth yeah. stuff on this and then maybe like they show star wars at the end and then mm -hmm. they'll probably show just dance in between the two of them and just go yeah. really light with i it. know like if you remember yeah because i remember this so vividly uh, their e3 2016 show because it was a two-hour show mm -hmm. and it was because every game that they showed they had like an extended gameplay demo yeah. which it was like ridiculous it was like, yeah, two hours is too much, but they had the right idea because they were showing us the game. Mm -hmm. So I will say this is definitely, this is still using this gameplay systems and animations from the newer Assassin's Creed. The, yeah. the, the RPG ones that we got uh, from Origins and then Odyssey and, uh, and Valhalla. Oh, but this but this is the, them like trying to appeal to the older generation of like, yeah, we're using the game new gameplay systems, but the focus is going to be back to actual assassination and mm -hmm. uh, 
I want them to show me a little bit more because it's like, uh, obviously, uh, there's been too much Assassin's Creed. You can say, even though we have had three years now since the last one, but it's because they kept updating it with expansions and all that. So it feels like Valhalla feels more recent than it actually is. This is like the longest we've actually gone from between mainline entries. And originally, this was going to be uh, Valhalla DLC. Yeah. That's why it's like focused on Basim. Which it's a big character in the in, in Valhalla, like mm-hmm. way more important character than you realize. Like, oh, for sure. Like like when you meet him, it's like it's kind of nuts. So apparently, this is gonna tell that story based on how Valhalla ends. So I can't wait to see how they balance the act of like making it feel like the newer ones, but also like the like like the older ones. Mm-hmm. And now we got a date, October twelfth. This was leaked last week actually we, we talked about it in the x bottom and the, that it was supposed to be an august game that's when they were targeting it and then they delayed it but ubisoft is just such a disaster that at least they're finally releasing a game that's not far cry 6 it's been two years since their last big game that's yeah. disastrous for that publisher that at least always had things every year it really is um i want to like you know like this is a larger conversation here but like I know, like, everyone in the industry right now is talking about, like, how much weight is on Starfield right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I would almost argue that AC Mirage has just, almost just as much weight on it. Because, like... No, it has. This, yeah, if this game fails, like, what happens to Ubisoft after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because their intention of them going back to their roots mm-hmm. is them acknowledging. It's like, mm, yeah, we got to change our our approach a little bit. And, and, and I feel like the biggest complaint, especially coming from Valhalla, the game that I like, is that it's too long. Yeah. It took me 123 hours to finish, which is ironic because I have played 115 hours of Tears of the Kingdom in like 11 days. But <laughs> that's because that game's actually legit great. It took me a month to play the other one because I kept getting bored like after yeah. a few after a few sessions. But it's like some people were like, "Can you do something a little leaner, please?" Like, not everything has to be like this. Just long time commitment. Just uh, no, we're like yeah, hours, we're, yeah, yeah, we're we're giving you uh, our time by descent. That's kind of how yeah. it felt. Like, so, and, and I hate like thinking of games that like thinking of value that way. I prefer a game that respects my time that I feel satisfied about instead of a game that I'm just like throwing it out the window because I'm just sick and tired of seeing you. And so I feel that same way. It's like especially they haven't had a win. Like Far Cry Six sold well, but like the sentiment by then was like there was like articles of like I'm so effing tired about. Um, just with this formula anymore is that they just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again so yeah ubisoft is like the one publisher right now that especially right now with activision that activision is in limbo because are they gonna be acquired they're not gonna be acquired even though they're like to me they were already kind of like in dire space as just a publisher of one game ubisoft went from publishing many different kinds of games to then homogenizing Mm -hmm. a formula in different kinds of games to now like a, a, a publisher that's struggling to get games out yeah and so, also like get out quality too that's like mm-hmm. when yeah. you do put out something and it's not quality you have like a watchdog situation for instance a far cry yeah, with legion yeah yeah i would say far cry 6 was good yeah it was but, the, thi- but, but the thing is that it's t- it was tired it was good mm-hmm. but about a breaking point of like you're just doing the same game over and over again and i enjoyed far cry 5 i see that you posted a review of like far, far is far cry, cry 5, 5 worth yeah. it for this year i remember so yeah so and it got a 60 frames patch, so it's like worth uh, going back to in the newer hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at least less excessive than Far Cry 6, I would say. Yeah. So because it's, it's tiny, even though it's big, it's not as big as six. Six is massive. I, but I, I will you, say, yeah, you miss something trouble. Yeah, I will say this. This to me is going to be the make or break to decide if AC has hit its saturation point. And yeah. 
if we'll we'll see when it comes out so what's yeah. the next one yeah and, and just real quick that they're doubling down on assassin's creed they said that yeah. they have like six games in development so what this will prove if that's gonna be a, a, a nice investment i think it's troublesome when you like when you're just doubling down on just that one franchise especially knowing that what they have so the other one we got to see after that was grand blue uh grand blue fantasy relink that a game that initially we thought was tail a tales game but it's just an i know grand blue has always been a thing i think it was a fighting game i may be wrong but the name grand blue has been uh has been percolating a lot there it, there there have been previous entries uh this definitely feels like a devil may cry style game in that in the in in, in that style of game and it's coming out this winter so it looks fun it, december it, i would bet it kind of reminds me of like devil may cry meets um dragon age in mm -hmm. a way because like it does look like you have like a support system and a team that follows you around almost like dragon age yeah dragon age and uh Dragon, Dragon Quest Blast. art yeah. style, yeah, yeah. like all, all, all of those three like mixed together. And I tell you, it's like I have grown uh, turn-based. I've long past turn-based. Like that's kind of when we're talking on reactions. Like I stopped playing uh, like a dragon because obviously that's a turn-based game, and I was playing in a weaker harbor. But also turn-based is just nothing something that I'm always eager to go back to. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving me like the flashy action, like the Kabdaran meshy and it looking cool and seeming like there's depth that's what grand blue fantasy relink looked like so yeah that's definitely i can't wait i can't wait to hear reviews for that one it definitely looked cool though yeah um, i think it's like a six out of ten and above i feel like that's a win for that type of game to be honest yeah and i bet it could even get a, no no lesser than a seven unless it's really legit bad which mm -hmm. i doubt uh the other time waster street fighter six there was not i tell you it's like it just had a, a successful uh Te uh, like technical test and now an open beta i don't need to see more of this this is it's, this is a good street fighter game moving yep. on <laughs> exactly. moving on so then we got like a very cool looking artful metrivania in the name of ultras I that love this. Love that is like it's definitely like the not the notable thing about it is its art style mm -hmm. uh does it have like a special gameplay to it i think it's something that they will have to prove to us but it was a pretty looking metrovania and i tell you it's like you can serve me metrovanias for breakfast yeah i'll always eat one because i i dig that genre a lot you so, know this kind of feels like you know like and you you'll kind of like maybe kick back against this a little bit but like this sort of feels like a metrovania with like almost like a rick and morty type art style the way mm -hmm. of like you know like how rick and morty has like those special type yeah. of like weird almost like um i, I would almost call it like not um what is that kind of like ooze like mm -hmm. that, that oozy type of art style in some some sort of like ways this sort of feels like that it has like a pretty art style that kind of reminds me a little bit of like ori in different ways as far as like how colorful the game is but like the a lot of the different like the way the game looks and why the, the tentacles and like the way like these creatures are kind of like shaped and like how like grotesque some of these things are reminds me of mm -hmm. like very much a rick and morty kind of style oh yeah and if they can keep that style is that's what's going to differentiate it from the other metrovanias and i feel that's been like the interesting th thing about seeing the metrovania genre is like as a game they're all pretty similar the mm -hmm. same the same style of like backtracking getting items that allow you to go to places that you didn't go and it's always about like either the visual or a specific trapping that can help you stand out from the pack so yeah. I want to see what else they can do other than it's really cool looking art style. But it definitely, the Metrovania genre was definitely represented in this showcase. Then uh, we got a Perfect World title uh, 
named Tower of Fantasy, which this definitely looked like an anime game that mixed also combat and mech and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, it definitely looks like one of those. Like I can't fault it for that. I don't think it's one that I, this is something that yeah. Let's see whenever it comes out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll yeah. see what we'll, we'll see what it is. And then uh, I'll say one that I thought looked cool and looked way more advanced than I was expecting, considering it was just revealed as a title last year was Dragon's Dogma 2 from Capcom. So the long and the the, the long awaited sequel to 2012's Dragon's Dogma. Uh, it definitely looks like a bigger, way prettier version of that first game. It's been so long since I played it, so it's like, I don't know. It's very hard to see, like, the improvements they made so far with what they showed, but at least they showed the game, and and Capcom is in, in such a role that I feel like this is one of those games that I trust you. Like, whenever you're ready to, like, give it to us, I know it's going to be quality. Yeah. A, yeah. And then... I I like the way it looks, you know, like I wasn't the hugest fan of the first Dragon Dogma. I liked it, but didn't necessarily love it. But I want to see like some of the lessons that they've learned and maybe they can adapt some like present day features that we've uh, we've been accustomed to in games with Dragon Dogma too. And I'm mm -hmm. happy like uh, some of the synergy between like the companions looks like they're more fluid than they were before. Because before it looked almost like Dragon Age 1 where you're doing very robust. Yeah rough like movement so this one looks very fluid. yeah it, it always to me was like dragon's dogma wasn't that interesting intersection of like maybe a dragon age and a dark souls not quite dark souls not coming not quite not quite either of them it was like in an interesting middle spot and a lot of people are really stand the way combat flows in this game when you're fighting the big monsters it's like that's a that's such a big capcom cult classic and that came out when Capcom was like going under, like Dragon's Dogma was like one of the few interesting things at a time where then a lot of their big games were just not hitting. So yeah. it's interesting now that seeing Dragon's Dogma two at the peak, uh, like coming at the peak of Capcom uh, at the Capcom resurgence since like 2017 over the last six years. So, yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, and then we went into a block that I think we can just quickly move through because it was PSVR two, and I don't really care about PSVR and. Thankfully to them, it was like, they waited a little too late to go to get into this. But yeah, we moved quick, quickly through them. So we had known of five, uh, five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, they had teased that they were, they were going to do one of those games for VR. So we got Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2. That's coming in late 2023. Then they showed the initial intersection of Resident Evil 4, uh, but in a VR perspective. We had known already that re4 psvr 2 was coming that was literally when the game was announced last year at the state of play they didn't give an actual date they were just mode in development i'm like you we already knew that was in development so now at least we know how it looks but they do you, a vr for it yeah exactly <laughs> so, so what else do we need to know so then there was the the zombie shooter arizona sunshine 2 that looked a little like that island it looked cool but again it's just a vr game yeah Crossfire Sierra Squad, they're doing like Crossfire that recently had a disastrous year last year with Crossfire X. Definitely they're doing a VR game that reminds me a lot of that VR game from PSVR 1 called Bravo Team. Yeah, it, so it was like it, it, it reminds me a lot too. So I was like, okay. This looked good though. Yeah, at least better. it looked better than Bravo Team. So and definitely looked better than whatever Crossfire X was doing last year. This is the uh, best I've ever seen Cross um, Crossfire look. Yeah, and honest. then Synapse, the game that we saw, the, the shooter that gave me a little bit of um, of uh, Beat Saber, kind of like moving through through shooting galleries. Uh, obviously, not stopping time while stopping moving. Nah. Uh, that way we saw it at the last state of play where that that had Suicide Squad, uh, Kill the Justice League as the headliner. 
now we got a date that's coming out on july 4th so if you are a psbr owner you got a new game coming soon yeah beat saber meets like um death loop is what i describe it as (laughs) and speaking of beat saber finally beat saber is coming to psvr2 why they didn't have this at launch anyone's guess but that's coming and they announced that uh, there's going to be a queen music pack so if you love exercising to the sound of bohemian rhapsody now you can and then uh we are moving to you can say quote unquote the bangers what should have been the bangers and and it could be that way depending from a certain point of view uh bungie showed up i wasn't expecting them to show up Mm -hmm. but they didn't show up just to show destiny which they kind of gave us a quick look at the final shape which is the final expansion that's coming out next year and they announced that they're gonna fully reveal that expansion on august 22nd my sister's birthday uh shout out to her yes and uh, they finally showed up their new ip that we know that they have been working on it's a return to marathon one of their first few ips and i was kind of reading some of, some, some of the things around it it's like they had teased that they're doing like an extraction shooter you know kind of like escape from tarkov that's been like a, that's very popular in like uh, streaming circles. That is like not quite a battle royale. It's kind of like a mix of battle royale survival of like looting something and then extracting to win. And they're using that and putting the marathon universe, which has been dormant since the Mac in like the late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. and they're bringing that back up. That's gonna be a multi-platform game, even though Sony owns Bungie. But that was part of the deal that that was gonna be for everyone. So now we know. Here's the thing. Destiny 2 had a PvP mode that has been neglected for years, and now we know why. Because yeah. that PvP, because that PvP team has been working on this. So, the people that love Bungie multiplayer, like at least the feel of multiplayer, now they know that that game is finally out there, has been revealed. So, I will say the art style definitely looks very different from Destiny. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm, reading, I'm reading the PR, like, mm-hmm. I mean, reading the PR information that they just sent out. And yeah, it looks very different in development for PS5, Xbox Series X and X, and PC with full cross save, cross play. Mm-hmm. Uh, no release date has been announced, but yeah. um, the game, like, the playable characters will be known as runners. And mm-hmm. um, let's see, players will engage in solo or in crews of three to search for mysterious ailing artifacts mm-hmm. as well so it looks like a looter shooter yeah exactly not quite a looter shooter but it's the extraction shooter that i was mentioning uh, that okay. it's like basically if you go look gameplay of Ex- escape from tarkov there's like so many like uh streamers that love playing that game mm-hmm. uh that's kind of like the idea for that one so i can't wait to see more now i know that what the sectioned off version of the De- bungie development team that that left poor destiny to pvp to rot <laughs> over the last uh, how many years now this has been this is the fruit of their labor so uh, i know for sure that this they're probably going to aim at releasing this in 2025 because next year is the final shape so I, I wonder if all hands are on deck to deliver the final expansion and for it to be good after what happened with lightfall so and obviously like the, the little tease that they showed a final shape i tell you like me that i love destiny and, and the destiny destiny lore that tug on my heartstrings a little bit because there's a character there that was a big part of early Destiny that they killed off. That was voiced yeah. by Nathan Fillion, Cole Kate Six. So at least it's like they they didn't even give a whiff that they were gonna be teasing this. So that to me, me that I'm a Destiny fan was like, okay, cool. Now I know when to expect the the next Bungie showcase. So then here's when we got the PlayStation Low. We were like, yes, let's go, yeah, let, let's go. It's like this is what we've been cooking. Like, give me more. So. Then the first title was uh, that the, after they showed that logo was Conquered, 
This is by Firewalk, one of the teams that they also bought that has former Bungie uh, talent. So the fact that you know that it's former Bungie talent, you know it's going to be a first-person shooter, but what a horrible way to showcase, to, game. to showcase games like this. Like, what even... Like, no tangible, like... You could at least show, like, a first-person view of, like, a gun at the very least and be like, cool, it's a first-person shooter. It's like, this said nothing. So... No, we're like nothing no all. yeah it's like they only gave a year it's like okay so this is coming in 2024 cool then we got to see the gran turismo movie trailer that was like this didn't belong here either this didn't belong here either and to me it's like now that we look back i was like okay cool yeah they have a movie we're talking about yeah playstation productions are doing good but then jim ryan shows up and be like before we we show up the final game and i was like wait what i was like that's it they were like, uh, we want to show, like, we, we want to, like, unveil some hardware that's coming out later this year. And that's the Project Q, which was the, uh, we never chatted about this, uh, like, officially in podcast, but we talked about this in, uh, in our chat that this is PlayStation trying to attempt what Logitech is doing, the, the G uh, Cloud, the, mm-hmm. the, the Asus, uh, what was the one that Asus just, rog, uh, um, rog, the, the Rog Ally, the, the Rog Ally, ally. Mm-hmm. uh, that's, that, that's another one. You got the ROG Ally, the Steam Deck, um, you have the um, Logitech, which is just primarily for streaming and such like that. So, yeah, this looks like it's closer to the Logitech because it looks like it's going to be just primarily a remote streaming device. Yeah, so no native games can be played here, which to me, that kind of makes sense. It's like they, like after the Vita, I know that Sony was just never going to go through the handheld gaming uh, era again mm-hmm. because... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 was, it was just... Uh, I'm kind of liking this, though. I'm yeah, being honest. No, no. And, no, that's the thing. Like, it's uh, something that I wish they could go back to, uh, whatchamacallit, to be trying to attempt a handheld again, especially mm-hmm. since the Rogue Alley, the, the Rogue Alley will actually play some games natively. That's kind of like it's big. And the Steam Deck plays games natively. So, depending on the price of this, that's what's going to determine. Because right now, a uh, whatchamacallit... Um, and the Logitech G Cloud, the, the, the Logitech G Cloud, the Backbone, they're just they're like a hundred bucks, and they yeah. do remote play, which is this is exactly what this is gonna be. This is you basically just liberating your phone if what you want, you don't want to yeah. be playing, and they have it like that's that's the only justification for it. But again, price, I don't trust them with price, so we'll see. No. <laughs> you, yes, uh, and then they announce earbuds, and I'm like, cool, I don't need earbuds, but it's cool that they're there. I mean, Sony's a hardware company, so. The perfect price point for the, the their new project um, Q would probably be closer to 150. I think that's like the I think that's still going to be a hot, little high for most gamers. But I digress. Like uh, 150 was a starting MSRP and it coming down with mm-hmm. discounts from there. Will a lot of people, especially gamers like like me that love the the handheld market right now and and like to play games on that, will probably mm-hmm. just eat that up. Um, anything higher than that 150 marker you start getting closer to like that g cloud right now at 250 to me is being overshadowed by game at that point you mm-hmm. might as well get a steam deck you know that can yeah. play native games by the way my buddy paul is watching the showcase right now because uh-huh. i told him to like watch it <laughs> yeah and uh he just texted me bro this is hype why why didn't we react and i'm trying to wonder where where he's at in the showcase yeah and i wonder if he got there i wonder if it's metal gear where he got there oh yeah probably because that that's where i popped (laughs) so i you know it's a good presentation of like mm -hmm. a lot of different games right now so yeah you know i can he's gonna pop for spider-man which ironically that was the last game that they showed and uh 
I'll say this. Uh, would I would I have wanted maybe another game of this elk to also be announced before we got this? Yes. Again, just on the context of I waited a year and a half, almost two years for the showcase. Yeah. What they showed of Spider-Man. Fire. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I couldn't have wanted anything more. You you showed a little bit of like the story aspect with Peter and yeah. how the symbiote's affecting him. You showed the gameplay. The visual quality, like the improvements in character models. And that's the thing. Like I thought Miles Morales already had improved character models from 2018 already. But that was still a cross-gen game because they made that game work on PS4. This is just in PS5 and you see why. Yeah. Just that's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely just the, amazing. Just the just the list of yeah, Paul. By the way, Paul got to Metal Gear. Again, yeah. he popped exactly in the same style in at the same time that I popped. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, going back to going back to Spider Man, it's like at least now we know that what they're adapting right now is definitely like Craven is like the main villain. It seems like mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely going the Craven's Last Hunt, which is one of the seminal darkest Spider Man stories there ever was that involved the symbiote. And now we saw that it's it's really interesting to see that what the, they were test betting with Miles Morales with the Venom powers is like now they're like inserting like the I assume it's the L one and face button attacks yeah. that you did with Miles Morales and now they're doing with Peter now as a as a symbiote mm-hmm. and uh, I really it really makes me curious because at the beginning when you saw Peter he was using symbiote powers without the symbiote before he got like the full suit yeah. Are we only going to get those powers with the full suit, or can he just like, pop them at will? That'll be interesting, but at least we know that playing as Peter Parker is not going to feel like a step down from playing as Miles. No, like, no. It, feel, it, it feels like they're both going to feel really cool to play. And they did the GTA Five thing, it's where it's like, in, like the instant switch between the two Spider-Mans, and I'm like, I would love if that's not just scripted. I would love if that can still happen like in the world. Like if you're doing a spider and then you switch, you quickly gonna switch to Miles and then you're gonna fi- find Miles like getting probably out of the bathroom or, or like eating eating a hot dog or mm-hmm. maybe in the middle of like a bank robbery. Just the idea of that of like of, of New York feeling that grander, and seeing like seeing it in in different sides that looked really cool. Uh, the gameplay definitely feels more Spider-Man and that's fine. It's like it's a sequel, but yeah. I would say that it definitely say I, I would definitely feel like. Just like God of War Ragnarok before it is like you can see similarities from the last one, but there's a, a grander look to it. And uh and then just like the wingsuits flying around, like the uncharted style set piece that just kept going as you were like uh as as you were being like swung around. Uh the implications of like a more meaner Peter Parker and Miles like really mm-hmm. noticing that like with like the new symbiote is like I knowing how good the story was in uh in the 2018 one and even miles morales i have no doubt like they're gonna be able to hit those marks and the cowards only gave us a fall 2023 date yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's it's rough you know like i yeah. i know a lot of people might say oh it's more spider-man but to me like this feels like a lot more what's spider-man. so what's so bad about that <laughs> yeah yeah that's true and then but uh-huh. like for me, this also feels like this is what uh, this is to me what a lot of people are feeling about Tears of the Kingdom, where like they're seeing like a lot of the improvements from Breath of the Wild and like the way like you could play the game completely yeah. different than Breath of mm-hmm. the Wild. I feel the same way about Spider-Man too right now. Like it, it, just the idea that you could like now web everything and you create like those purchases is like uh-huh. that. That's if that that's like it takes more than you think. Like the kind of engineering to be able to like uh, re, re reorganize how you like move around those levels. 
it's like it's a small detail, but it's those tiny little details that that is that, that can be uh, that can be feats of design, especially yeah. because how easy it could be for things to break. That's kind of like why to me, like a game like Tears of the Kingdom, like its most impressive aspects are like game design. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. obviously this is not that uh, Tears of the Kingdom is not a game that I'm like, is the greatest story ever is the best no. looking of it. That's not what that game is like. That game is an achievement in game design because of like how like as a player you interact with that world and the world not breaking. Yeah. Uh, just seeing like that tiny little like web, uh, tiny little web. Uh, was like, it was a sign of like, oh yeah, maybe the worlds are actually going to be more interactable than you think. Yeah, so. and then look at the way like you can also use your glider in the sense mm -hmm. that where you can also see like the wind and the way you can kind of like interact with that. No, and also like uh, that's also uh, this happened back in 2019 when they were like demoing the PS5 to like some Sony XX mm -hmm. that we got like leaked videos of. They were testing Spider-Man 2018 on the PS5 to show the PS5's SSD like what it does to like keep like levels of detail going like constantly as you move quickly mm -hmm. through a world. And clearly, like, it's it's clear now that you'll be able to like traverse New York way quicker than than than, than the last time, and you didn't see a loss of uh, a loss of fidelity. In fact, no. the game looks even prettier. So, it's definitely like my thing is that yes, it looked excellent. I expected it to look excellent. Why, to me, just seeing the Spider-Man doesn't make this a great showcase? Because how great would it have been had we gotten this plus other stuff that yeah, way sure. that could have like propped it up. So. If Spider-Man had not been here, it would have been a disaster. I will say, I will yeah. say that. But uh, but yeah, I would say it was an excellent demo to close out the a showcase. That again, uh, there's a lot of stuff that that looks cool. That looks cool, but it's like not something that God, I'm excited. Oh but man, because I'm I was excited. because I was already that's the thing. Yeah. I was already excited for Spider-Man. So that that's the thing. Like they didn't need to sell me much, but because they didn't need to sell me, I needed them to show me something that could impress me. I still think that. They're impressing me in a graphical fidelity and stuff like that, but I feel like we gotta wait until the game for the game to feel like it's gonna impress me. Yeah, if you, you, know, you know what if you know what I mean. So. This this to me has like a lot of mirrors to the original Spider-Man trailer, to where like mm -hmm. they showed you a little bit of the story, they showed you a little bit of like to let you kind of like oh the Sinister Sticks is here, mm -hmm. like oh I wonder like who's going to be the leader of the Sinister Sticks. It kind of like. Yeah. It, it, and like the intro of like the way spider-man was introduced in that game like they went he hot heavy with uh, mr negative and him being like the primary bad guy and it was almost like it was almost like that um that mulligan to where like he isn't the main bad guy that game and i almost feel like they're doing the same thing with craven where he's in the mr negative spot and he's mm -hmm. not going to be the main bad guy this yeah game. i will say this also um just in comparison to the 2018 one We've, we had seen way more of 2018. Oh, yeah. By, we, this, time. That we, yeah. by this time that we had seen uh, 2022. But also, at the same time, they were trying to sell that game hard mm -hmm. last time. I feel they don't need to sell that game hard this time. No, this feels like because, Far Cry 4. You remember when they, they showed it off and then they said, yeah. and it's available this And fall. it's available this well, exactly. Yeah. So, so and uh, it definitely, I are there improvements? They're definitely there. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we're playing it, I feel like what I'm looking for, for to, to get like, oh. <gasps> It's gonna. They're they say they're saving it. So, yeah. and I can and I can't wait for that. I, I that was already in my top ten most anticipated games of this year when we talked about it. It was your number one, I think. Close, if it, not it, close to it. it no, I remember. Right. No, no, it was because mine was Jedi Survivor, Paul was Final Fantasy, and yours was Spider Man. It this feels now. this feels like the game that justified you putting it at your number one. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, this, and this is the game I've been waiting for all year. This is this is the type of game I've been salivating for because like this is what I like. This is the this feels like AAA to me. Like mm-hmm. I and I'm not throwing shade on any game that's coming out. Like whether well like this feels like a mixture between hey this is modern. This has mm-hmm. modern day graphics and fidelity. This mm-hmm. has modern day like um a modern day like visuals and it also has like modern day storytelling mixed mm-hmm. in with really good gameplay this feels like the trifecta so to speak of what a modern day video game should be mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's just me as a gamer but like i love everything i saw from spider-man yeah no yeah, again excellent but insomniac is like what else can you expect from insomniac they're just they're flexing at this point they're, they're really they're really killing it and i'm glad that they're the ones they're the ones why i'm calling this showcase good overall mm-hmm. i wish it's unfortunate that it every showcase to me lives in the shadow of 2016. Yeah. The Ether 2016, where we got God of War, where we got Spider-Man, where we got Death Stranding, when we got Days Gone for the first time, uh, the date for The Last Guardian, Resident Evil 7 revealed there, Crash Bandicoot coming back. It's like, if them holding back this long to do a showcase felt like they were just trying to gather all the, all the bullets, mm-hmm. that by the point that they were coming back, they were going to come back and hit hard. This reminds me of when Nintendo didn't do a direct for like almost an entire year. Yeah. And then when they came back in 2021 as their first direct, it was decent, but for the wait. Yeah. It was, just it just was for hard. the wait, it, it was like, uh, yeah, I don't think that was that great. And I'm I'm kind of like in the same spot, even though there was good stuff in it here. Yeah. Here's uh, here's what I will say about this um this showcase. Like, this possibly had two game of the year contenders. Like possibly like. With Spider-Man, oh, Spider-Man is an easy game of the year contender. Yeah. That's like that's by, with a by a bullet. Yeah, with so. Spider-Man, and then like you know, like with uh, I'm forgetting of the name of the game right now, but like with a game that was made um, by the Pathless and by um, Journey. Yeah, the sword, the the, the the sword the sword of... in the the sword in the sea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that could easily be the game of the year. So to yeah, speak. but yeah. that's not this year. So no, it, no. It's, it's exactly, but but it has that kind of like if it delivers if, yeah. if, if 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 it can like hit the way that you remember journey hitting that their subsequent games haven't hit mm-hmm. this game like art the, the art of that game is kind of like leaning closer to that yeah but uh, but but yes yeah, like spider-man like i knew that was going to be a game of the year contender because the last one was mm-hmm. so it was like it not being is like not a big surprise but but again it's kind of like uh i will give this like at least the sh- what they're showing the spider-man right now like on first look now that we actually seen gameplay it definitely feels more impressive than the first time we saw God of War Ragnarok. Oh, even I, I, I loved I loved everything no, the, I saw about God of War. The, Ragnarok, the thing is that the first time they showed God of War Ragnarok, I enjoyed it, but it didn't like leave me very. You know, you, you know what I mean. It's I, like yeah, it, it took until the trailer mm-hmm. that was two months before, because before they were just showing snippets of gameplay by Game Informer and all that. It was like it looks like more God of War. That's not a problem. If it just felt like an iterative, iterative sequel that was going to give you more of the same, and that's not bad by itself. It's just that when the last game was like left such an impact for feeling so fresh and new, it didn't have that. But then it was until you saw the trailer, the one that then that included like the Medusa flying, mm-hmm. uh, the handshakes with Tear, the throwing the hammers with Thor together, uh, some of like the set pieces. Uh, you saw that there, it was like a, a, a trailer shooting the bow and arrow to like a. To, to, to Skull and Hattie, the two mm-hmm. wolves, and, and you see that it's like seeing that level of uh, that it, uh, what a much grander adventure it was in that trailer. That's when you're like, anyone that in bad faith was calling this DLC, go fuck yourself. 
because yeah, it's like look I'm, they're actually I'm, doing a scene i feel like spider-man 2 more immediate it's hard like anyone that wants to say uh literal like this is just dlc no no not no, at all I mean, and yeah. i feel spider-man makes an even stronger case whereas the last whereas god of War ragnarok initially is like i hated the idea of people calling it a dlc but i'm not gonna be uh i'm i'm not i'm not gonna lie and say that as much as I, like I've mentioned, God of War is one of my favorite games of all time because of how much it means to me. It was like, it wasn't giving me the, that, that excitement of like, this is the next entry of the game that literally rescued me from gaming. Obviously, lofty expectations for that for me, but it was that trailer that I was like, yeah, this is this, this was the one. It's like, that was a great trailer. Now I'm not worried about this. I know this is going to be a banger, and it was. Yeah, I'm I feel excited. And I feel Spider-Man has given, Spider-Man already in this first look has given me that final God of War trailer, like, mm-hmm. bangers. And... I hope they don't show more. I only thing I want to know is them give us the damn release date. Yeah, do the God of War treatment where you just do a small little trailer that has like that that that, that date on it, and yeah. we'll be fine. Exactly, we'll be fine. exactly because we don't need to see more because again we know what it is. They like don't overexpose it. They overexpose Spider Man twenty eighteen a little bit. It's like thankfully to them the big Doc Ock reveal was like that was for us to discover because I, it, it felt everything else we saw. So. Here's one thing I will say about, um, uh, you know, co- going into the conversation for the showcase, a lot of people said PlayStation had their, this feels like a light year for them. Yeah. I don't feel like it's still a light year for PlayStation. I feel like yeah. it's not he- not super heavy and compared to years previously, but I it feel is, like it's a solid that's year. A, that's the thing, like, it is a light year if you play technicalities. What's yeah. first party doing? After that's this right. one, like, after, after this showcase, it's clear. First party is going to have a light year this year. Newsflash, people. Who cares for exactly. that? Because it's Spider-Man. It's like, Spider-Man's gonna sell what three games would have sold. It's like, I un- I kind of like, now that I look back, it's like, yes, I get it. Why they're just gonna rely on Spider-Man because you kind of only need to rely on Spider-Man. If you go back to 2018, their fall was just Spider-Man also. Yeah. So, and yeah. they got Final Fantasy 16 that's coming out next month. That's exactly what I was And that's an say. exclusive for them. So it's like, so it's like, just in technicality, they're having a light year. I would you, you can make the argument that if Xbox starts like releasing their games like completely, they're gonna have a more robust year. Here's the thing: they just have the fumble of the century with Redfall. Exactly. So it's like just the fact that they release a bunch of stuff doesn't mean that they won overall. Like they may win in output, but in quality, it's like Final Fantasy 16 is looking like a banger. I didn't need to see it here because I was already sold on that. That game may be a banger just in a month from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man just solidified that it's just, that's just gonna be um, that that's just gonna be like a big banger. Unfortunately, coming out the year of Tears of the Kingdom, where now like everyone is already like crowning Game of the Year early, is like makes me feel sad for it a little bit because I just know that it's just not as great as it looks. Game of the Year seems like that's not what they're looking for anymore. No, it's no. like yeah, yeah. It's I, like I, what Game of the Year seems like it's gearing towards Game Changer or like industry pushing, and I don't feel. Spider-Man is quite pushing the industries more as just showing you what a high-quality, polished version of that kind of game can be. That's yeah. the vibes I get I get of this. And that's perfect. And that's going to sell millions of copies. And that's going to be a great game for PlayStation owners. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, for sure. I, it, it'll, it'll probably be like for people like me who don't really care that much for Tears of the Kingdom at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll yeah. probably be because you want Because you want like a game that tells you more of a story instead of a game that puts player engagement and player... Uh, and and and, play, and and player of uh, authorship like first and a story that you can go find but it's yeah. not being told to you it's yeah, like you're not you following know, an error that so no, no yeah, it, yeah it is that aspect too and it's also like mm-hmm. i 
I'm looking at things that I see in Tears of the Kingdom, and I think I like Spider-Man has you know better frame rates. It has better visual yeah, quality. Exactly. It's, like it's you're, a you're looking at video game, exactly you know? you're looking at higher fidelity. Like while Tears of the Kingdom is like a masterclass in game design. Yeah. That manages yeah. to transcend like lower resolutions, lower frame rates, and in fact, like the fact that it works on Switch is probably a technical achievement on itself. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, you know, like, I I saw, like, a clip of a person who hijacked a Wii U and was playing Tears of the Kingdom on a Wii U. Like, it it is a very much low-quality experience to where, like, you can play that game on that, and it's still, like, a high-quality experience on whatever platform it is. And it's, again, like, the beauty of of game gaming this year, like, Mm -hmm. in in this day and age, is, like, I feel like games that only do one thing, that's when, like, the industry could get boring. I'm just glad that you have your games, like Spider-Man, that... Yeah. are very like they're definitely like pushing for that hollywoodness mm-hmm. and then you have games like tears of the kingdom that like re- like remembers that gameplay is king and they can push the medium just from a gameplay side and prove to developers the things that a game can do with proper coding and engineering and like uh ingenuity yeah and both true. games and both games can exist and the thing is that it seems that now game of the year is leaning more towards like what pushes game as a medium not towards Hollywood, but as a game. And that's kind of why I feel like Spider-Man in a year... I feel like the games like Spider-Man could win in a year where we get no gameplay innovations. That's why... That's why... Uh, that, that's why Last of Us got to win so easy in 2020. Because no one was pushing the industry like from that side. Elden Ring last year pushed open worlds into a different direction. And that excited Game of the Year panel is more than the higher quality title that has everything from story, visuals, gameplay, and together, because it's like, it's just a high quality product, but what's pushing the industry forward? You and know, I think uh, that's that's where we are currently at. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, you know, like, I would I would argue that The Last of Us is like the best, like The Last of Us Part Two is probably the best stealth game of all time with its stealth mechanics, you know, like the way you can hide, you know, think about it, like the way you hide in that game, the way the AI adapts to everything you do in that game. I've never seen a game like it. Can you name a game that does Metal Gear it? Solid 3 <laughs> and Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain? Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> but the way, like, think about it like this, the whistle mechanic and the, and the AIs, the fact that, like, the AI... That's in Metal Gear. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> well, the fact... I would say, like, I, I'll i give you this. Last of Us Part 2 gets close to what Metal Gear was doing back in 2004, but does it at such a high fidelity. I was That's like, the one thing I'll do it. I'll give I you that. I was like, no, no other game, like, like... It combines like all those little the stalker and like the stalker mm-hmm. and the zombie elements with like all the AIs of the human elements and combines those in one set piece though like mm-hmm. it, it I like it's a masterful like piece of, of game design but like I mm-hmm. will say this though like not to make this about the the last yeah. of us or anything like that I'm I'm I will say like you know like if feels like all three of the big three are having a light year in video games when you look at it like nintendo's only had th- like only had three yeah but they only have the, yeah and they only have a obviously tears of the kingdom already is gonna carry like i mean already sold 10 million copies yeah. in three days so they're like set for the rest of the year like monetarily wise exactly pikmin 4 obviously is coming uh, in july also yeah and then yeah. whatever they end up putting out on the fall because they're still insisting on saying that switch owners will still like have things to play this year even though i would argue that based on how much time i've just gotten out of tears of the kingdom i'm like i feel you could play that game that entire year and you won't have a problem it's that big yeah so and that might be a, it might just be a third party thing too to mm-hmm. where like there might be some big third party thing yeah that but that's the irony it feels like out of the big three mm-hmm. xbox is the one that's having the most robust year out of the three Compared yeah. to last year where they had nothing. Mm-hmm. The problem is that now they have like a big chink in the armor that was Redfall. 
and like and 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 like any and and player morale behind uh be, be behind like their ability to like deliver on the high quality that people expect from them uh sony right now is like by forspoken is that kind of game it's like because it wasn't exclusives this kind of attributed to them even though it's yeah that was square and square enix joint they started the year kind of like in the in probably the left foot com in comparison but a super high quality final fantasy that's associated to their name and a super high quality spider-man yeah and a lot do of they people need, are do, gonna... they, do, do they need anything else like no. sony yeah i understand it for this year to me personally i wish i could be excited for what comes after spider-man because yeah. it, like because at the end of the day it's like spider-man wowed me back in 2018 i was expecting spider-man to be that good as someone has played so many spider-man games in the 360 era and the ps2 era and seeing it at that level of high quality that batman that that it could get the arkham treatment mm -hmm. uh, that that was a, that was that was what wowed me and on top of that having a story that's even better than arkham that was a, that, that was in 2018 a game that made me feel with what happened at the end of, the, of that game with the, the level of emotion it exuded i was like damn this like this is like my favorite like version of spider-man like ever doubly so when we got miles morales like two years later so it's like it's like i go into spider-man 2 as a known quantity yeah that's exciting because it's like it's again it's comfort it's like you know that what you're getting is going to be high quality it's like there's no doubt it being bad would be like a catastrophe of high level of like of massive proportions and there's an insomniac like they've proven like with everything they released so far this generation the Rift Apart was amazing. Miles Morales was amazing. The remaster of 2018 was amazing. Now with this one, Wolverine coming soon. The fact that you're gonna have five games almost, because I bet you Wolverine is next year. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you top money that game's gonna be. Considering just because Insomniac is just like they're like carrying that massive PlayStation Five in their backs right now with they really because are. because what are everyone else doing afterwards? It's like that's kind of what I wanted for this show. Is to at least give me an idea. Uh, at least if it's a known quantity, the problem with like, the, how they presented the live service is like, you don't present new IP like that. You do that no. trailer and didn't show me gameplay. Doing it like this is like, now it's like everyone that was skeptical on that side that they're trying to do invest, I feel you're going to remain skeptical now after the showcase. You are. And, and I just hope now that we're, now that we're here, please, Sony, make the showcase a yearly thing. Don't, don't let us go through what happened with 2022 again. That... Because I tell you, we had a showcase last year, and, we, and this is the showcase we got this year. This one has still been decent. The weight of expectation of such an extended wait is why. Go like I was like looking at our the kind of final reactions uh, before yeah. we started recording. They're giving it two out of five, three out of fives. Oh, they're wow. The showcase. So yeah. and you know they're the ones that gave like five out of five to the 2021 showcase. The one that I was like that was only great when you got to PlayStation show like the PlayStation block. So that's how you know that the sentiment is like not great around this one. And again, because when you wait more, it's easier to get disappointed. I will that's say, a, and, and, and that's a problem. So. You know, I will say, I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at them at, at all. I'm kind of funny, but they do mostly play like things on the AAA level. So mm -hmm. like this being a, a majority indie showcase, yeah. probably it's not going to appeal to them, to be honest. Ex exactly. Again, because like the, remember, they're a, they're a group that's all about hype. Yeah, that's it. and that, and that's good. And, and the hype comes from AAA. I can say some things look good, but I like those things looking good to also have a little hype seasoning to mm -hmm. everything. Everything can be even killed because that's what 2020 gave me. It gave us the AAA bangers, and then we started seeing indies also. So it's like this one was like we got a bunch of indies, but where was the stake? Other than the one that I was expecting, where was like the what was the surprise ingredient to then like come out of this like super happy? And my thing with Metal Gear that was leaked mm -hmm. i popped because it was real 
But that wasn't a surprise for me. I knew that was happening. And then Jess Gordon over at Windows Central, he reconfirmed the, the uh, yeah, and then the classic ones are going to be like available. So I was like, I'll believe that when I see it. So my excitement where I thought was just having those classic games uh, confirmed. Then yeah. again, the power of nostalgia, me being a longtime <laughs> gamer. Yeah. So that, that's why I, I tend to, that, that's kind of where my hype kind of comes from that one. It's quite like to me, the 2016 conference was so good. How did they show us God of War for the first time ever? Mm-hmm. Gameplay. So it was like, holy crap, God of War is back. Wait, they're changing it? Oh my god, this looks amazing. It was like the one-two punch. So it was like, they did, you didn't have to, you didn't have time to like formulate what it could or couldn't have been because you were seeing it. Had they showed us like all of these games that were just trailers, we had actually seen a game, sentiment would have felt at least different. Maybe not what we had wanted, but that Firewalk trailer was a travesty. I'm sorry. It like was the bad. one, like, it, 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 that, that was like, how in the world you let a trailer out like out like that? And then just to put it here, it's like bad, bad, bad. So that's and and that that's kind of why I'm like, again, I'm torn with this. It's like, I don't think it was as bad as I'm seeing the internet like reacting to this conference, but I understand. If yeah. we hadn't, if we hadn't waited this long, this would have been seen as what it was. Still, the weakest of the showcases we've seen from Sony, just based on like what was there, like big sizzle, especially compared to the last one. But, it, but, but still, like a lot of good stuff in it. I was yeah. just, uh, Paul, uh, Paul was mentioning the Grand Blue thing. Grand Blue's a fighting game. Mm-hmm. They're do- actually doing a hack and slash entry, so things like that. So it's like, okay, cool. It's interesting that they're like bearing it up. So it's like, again, it's like they have good stuff. But Sony, now you learn. Don't throw tantrums over someone acquire Activision Blizzard. That's why we didn't get a showcase last year. You know, they, were try- I- they were trying to seem weak to try to like make their arguments. You know, the crazy thing is I'm looking at I'm looking a little bit at the reactions as you were you were talking just now. And like, I, I get where y- y'all are coming from with like mm-hmm. expectations of, of a long wait and such a fact. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, too, I'm like. You're on top of the castle. You can throw. Yeah. You this is throwing love to indies that people would have never, never yeah. paid attention to at all. And that's why I appreciate you are in that beat. Yeah. Because you can see that, and I can, I can objectively see it. That's why I can say this was bad. No. That's no. why I say it's just not as exciting as what they've given us the first three times they gave us a showcase. This is definitely their weakest one. But now I hope they know. I just yeah. hope they know. And uh, I'm just trying to chalk it up to the fact that they know that Spider-Man can carry them because it's Spider-Man. Yeah. After that, they gotta sell us because that's the thing. Like Wolverine is exciting. Wolverine is not a mainstream character like Spider-Man is that can transcend like to little kids, to adults, and everything. It's like just look at how big No Way Home was two years ago. So it's like like Spider-Man is that just that kind of cultural icon. So Sony is lucky that they can kind of like ride on the coattails of that. Mm-hmm. Next year they gotta prove now. Is and I just hope that with E3 gone and all that, it's kind of like that's what's been like. My biggest disappointment with the PS5 era that when they got out of E3 in 2019, when they were like, we're done with E3, we're no longer doing conferences and all that. Uh, obviously, we didn't get any conference that year, but we got st- their, their first ever state of place. They were not bad. It was like Nintendo, the first Nintendo Rex weren't great either, but at least what they're showing is like, at least that's interesting. And then they sh- they hit us with the 2020 showcase. Mm-hmm. They hit us with that. And I was like, oh, man, this feels like the E3 of old. So when they have stuff to show, I mean, they didn't need E3. This... This conference was awesome. I go back to that one. It was so cool. And even the one later that even one later that same year that gave us the prize. I was like, man, they got something going with the showcases. And then when we got to June 2021, when they were not there, it was like, 
this weird sony really just came and went they didn't say anything in fact the thing they came out they came in the playstation block being like oh yeah god of wars were delayed we don't know if horizon's coming and that's all like around e3 times so i was like that kind of sucks then we had you probably remember the abandoned shenanigans that were happening over the playstation stupid abandoned after was like because everyone was just starving for something yeah. And then, like, when they were, like, the Horizon date was given to Jeff Keighley at Summer Game Fest. And we were, like, and then Call of Duty, which what they were showing back then. Like, they, they were part of their showcases. They were, like, we we're, like, so they're just not going to do showcase because two things that you would expect them to say, they give it to someone else. And then they were, like, no, we're doing a showcase in September. Like, okay, cool. And then it was good. It was still a, a good showcase overall. But then the next year came with nothing. Just a state of play. So... They got at least, like, if they're not going to be E3, give us some consistency, Sony. At least, at least uh, know that don't take your audience for granted. Like, you just don't. Is it because uh, because that, that's how it felt to me. It's like, as a big PlayStation fan, last year just felt like, yes, they gave me the games, and I appreciate that. Uh, it, it also felt like they were taking me for granted. Just like, yeah, you're going to be there. Yes, yeah, like, we're just at the at the, at the the high, in the in the high seat. So, they better come fight. And, and that's the thing, like, Xbox was... Everyone in the Xbox camp was terrified, terrified when Sony was like, we're doing a showcase. And guess what? We're doing it two weeks ahead. Yeah. That felt like fighting. That, that felt like a, like a fighting stance. Did. And and uh, after this one, I'm like, they didn't like, I don't walk out of this and be like, God, I like, man, like Jeff Keighley and Xbox, you should, you should be trembling. Because you know. I, I, I don't feel like, because that's how Sony felt like, like when you go two weeks early, that's when you're confident. That's yeah. a sign of confidence. So it's like, uh, the sign of confidence that they were projecting is not what we got. But again, not a bad show. Not for me. But no, not, not for but me. Not, either, but but not, not my favorite by a long shot. So. No, no, I understand that. I understand that. Seven I mean, out of ten. <laughs> I, I can understand that too. No. Um, yeah. Wish we would have got a little more first party hitters mm -hmm. there. We kind of missing a lot of the IPs that people were salivating for. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We we do have next year, and there is Summer Game Fest where they'll probably announce Last of Us factions. Let's be honest. Based based on the timing, because the anniversary is closer on where Game Fest is, I bet you that's trending too, and whatever factions is is gonna be there. Yeah, for sure. So, and again, it just, that's probably them playing politics because Jeff Keighley is also a big stage. And he did reveal Last of Us Remake last year. So, so, so that's kind of the thing. Like, those could have been really cool things to have here. So, again, that's why it's so weird that they decided to do this showcase now. I tell you, it's like, this felt like a long state of play. If we're on, if we're being honest, this definitely, felt, it, this definitely felt closer to the state of play. Which, to me, is like, says a lot about, like... They did improve state of place last year. When we didn't get showcases, the state of place we got last year were shockingly good. Yeah. All things considered. So maybe, maybe a lot of these things were in contract to be shown off last year. They pushed them back towards this year. You never know. But like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, I would say a decent show, a mm -hmm. good showcase of indies. I do cover a lot of indie games, so I'm, I'm yeah. happy with that. You know, shout out to the indie games out there. Shout out to Spider-Man. Spider-Man looks really good. Um, yeah. I'm happy. I know for you, like, it's like, I'm glad it looks like the kind of game that you've been earning. And... We sent you a meme with Paul yesterday. Yeah. Play Jedi Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Play it, people. <laughs> Play it. Yes. Like make make time for it. Zelda's amazing. It I'm gonna give it a 10. I'm just saying that I'm gonna be reviewing. It's like that's how I feel. I played 120 hours of it already. That's how I how confident I'm feeling about that. Play Jedi Survivor. I reviewed that. It's such an excellent game. If you're missing narrative and like the full shebang, even with the little glitches, play Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Now that it's been patched more. Like, do it. Like I I tell you. 
Sebastian, you're gonna thank me later. Knowing like what you've been craving for, that's your game. Yeah. For and then sure. you're gonna get it with Spider Man. <laughs> so. For sure. So everyone, you know, like thank you for listening. If you've watched our reactions on YouTube, thank you for watching us there. Thank you for supporting us. Go support these guys at the X Button Podcast. They they're doing wonderful work over there. Uh, in the meanwhile, you know, stay tuned for more reactions that we'll be doing and more you know shows that we'll be doing based on xbox and on summer game fest which will be coming out in the upcoming weeks in the meanwhile though thank you again for listening don't forget to leave a nice review go to our single player experience discord hang out with us there tell us what you think about the showcase and all that yeah am i right wrong let them know (laughs) yeah just let us know let us know in the meanwhile though i've been sebastian that's been on holland drill and we're out bye everyone bye So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro Segovia for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!